good luck with the work. Welcome back to the Girls Gone Wild podcast. Thank you guys so much for supporting this relaunch and supporting our comeback, our hashtag comeback. We had Nikki Brazier on the show a few weeks ago, and we really only like scratched the surface of the things that we wanted to talk about. So Nikki's back. Nikki. I love that you uh, you like reached out and you were like, can we talk about like that you're like a new mom and you're coming back to CrossFit and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then we spoke, we talked for like an hour and a half and never even got to like having the baby. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you do have a child, don't you? Oh, I, I did God. birth a human. Yeah, actually, I did do that. It was just so it's it was really good catch up time. And I think we needed that. So um, we're back for round two to pick up where we left off, which is not about my insane Vegas stories. We're going to just skim over that today. Uh, <laughs> well, if there's a way to work them in still, I think you should. I but do you have any? It makes sense. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, unfortunately, I have a few. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love Vegas. Was, uh, so, and now I'm old and sad and crotchety and a parent. So yeah, I don't like and, Vegas anymore. And that is actually probably where 99% of the population is, is we're just like old and crotchety and be like, what? Get off my lawn. Who stays Get up past midnight? <laughs> Literally. Literally. Stays up past 11. Okay. So if you haven't listened to the first episode with Nikki, listeners, you can go back and listen to that part one. We're doing a part two. So we are picking up where we left off. So if you're kind of like, I didn't get the first part, then please pause and listen to the first part. So Nikki, let's go back to you had just worked at the games, the CrossFit games. You had Hunter right when you got back. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I got back on Monday and I was induced on Thursday. Okay. Um, so that happened. So everyone, it's worth saying that everyone who hired me and worked with me at games was like, just panicked that whole week. Cause I was 37, ended up being 38 weeks pregnant that whole time we were there. Yeah. And they yeah. were just like, we had contingency plans for our contingency plans on if I had to like go into labor, I had a baby bag packed. I picked a hospital in town, like Matt had credentials so he could like be in the Coliseum with me, back at the trucks with me. Like, you know, he could come pick me up if I was like, my water broke, mm-hmm. carry me home. Well, how strict is it behind the CrossFit Games? What what credentials do you need to be? Super strict, super it- strict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially this year with COVID, you know, everyone had to like submit their PCR tests and there was on-site testing. Um, oh, sorry, submit their vaccine cards and there was on-site testing. And like, it was very strict about who could go where. And we needed to make sure that like, you know, all, everyone working was not in a bubble, but like, you know, only with the same people all the time. And so, um, and masks, we had to wear masks whenever we weren't, when I was on the floor doing interviews, I didn't have to wear them. But when I was even standing on the sidelines, I had to wear them. So like when you're walking around and you're back in the trucks, it was super strict. Um, but it was important to me where I was like, hey, I'm super pregnant. My husband's coming with me. Oh. I need to be able, I need yeah. him to, if I if I text him and I'm like, my water just broke and I'm at the production truck. I need you to come here and get me. I needed him to be able to not be stopped at the gate, you know? Right. And you don't need coworkers to be like, Hey, can you go get so-and-so to get so-and-so? You just like needed things to happen very quickly. Exactly. Yeah. And they were, they were super cool about that. He just had to go through all the same processes to get screened and approved that we all did. Anyone working had to. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So then you get back and, Talk us about the time. Let's go through the timeline of... So yeah. here's what happened. Um, <laughs> your head's going to explode at this story. So my OB was on vacation when I was 36 weeks pregnant, right? So back up the timeline just a little bit here. Uh, I got seen by a stand-in OB because at that point, you basically go every week. And they have this super scientific method of checking in on your growth where they take a tape measure... And they lay you down and they measure from like the, you know, your pubic bone up to, you know, the top of your baby bump. And they do this every week. This is how they measure you. Very scientific, super technical. So much technology. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, And the stand-in OB measured me small. She measured me smaller than my OB had measured me. And she was very concerned. She was very thorough doctor. And so she sent me for a growth ultrasound and I just wasn't worried about it. Keep in mind, this is two weeks or a week before I'm supposed to leave for games where, by the way, I was cleared by my OB to fly and had a note and all that stuff. So I was like, this is going to fuck up my plans, but I wasn't worried because I was like, whatever, two women, two tape measures. It's not very scientific. Like it's fine. fine. (laughs) That sounds like a TV show. Two women and two Two tape measures. Two tape measures. (laughs) (laughs) One crazy neighbor. Like, 
Yeah. Um, so I go to do this growth ultrasound and he's measuring small. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, weird. You know, I never even would have had a growth ultrasound had my OB not gone on vacation and she would have measured me regular and like, we're good. But he was looking like five-ish pounds, maybe a little more, five and a half, five and a half. It was five and a half. And I'm like, well, whatever, five and a half pounds. I still have like three weeks to go, maybe four. Maybe I'll be late. He'll be six, six and a half pounds by then. It'll be totally normal. And so they sent me for like daily non-stress tests. And, you know, they wanted to like make sure that that he was getting what he needed in terms of blood flow from the placenta. So they checked that in the ultrasound. Everything looked fine. I had the easiest pregnancy in the world. Everything looked fine. So then I go to games against this doctor's wishes, but that's fine. Oh, did but this doctor OB, say no? Yeah. She was like, you know, I don't know. He's measuring small. We want you to do another ultrasound. And I was like, I'm going to be out of town. So yeah. So, so we so just that- did one when I got back. We did one okay. right when I got back. So I got back on Monday and on Tuesday we had uh, another growth ultrasound and he probably should have gone from like five and a half to six pounds ish, but he went from five and a half to like, I don't know, five, nine or something like that. Like not a full half pound. And he was small. And she said one of three things was happening. Either um, he's small and he's maybe not getting the nutrients he needs from the placenta, in which case we need to induce you early because he'll be able to grow faster on the outside than he can on the inside. And we don't want to risk you know, him being on the inside, not getting what he needs. Even though all the scans showed the blood flow was fine to the placenta, whatever, that's one concern. Another another option is, um, you know, he's just small and you're having a small baby and that's fine. And then the third option is he's not small at all because late term ultrasounds are very unreliable. I was like, cool. <laughs> so, oh my God. You're like, great. <laughs> so, so I could I'm, be worrying for nothing. Yeah, of course. Literally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm panicking, but I'm also not. And I just, I feel felt joy. Like I knew my body was not ready to deliver. I knew I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go late. He's got more growing to go. He hadn't dropped like none of that stuff. Like I just could feel. And I, and I said that I was like, I don't, I don't want to be induced. Like I want to just see what my body does. I want to maybe go to 41 weeks if I need to like, let him just grow. And the OB still the standing OB, because when I got back from games, my OB was on another, another vacation. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, reminds yeah. me of Knocked Which, like, Up, where she's like, "Totally, 100%. wait a minute, why is he in Hawaii?" Yeah, 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 literally. And I'm like, no fault on her. It just was shitty course, that like at 36 course, weeks and at 39 course. weeks she was on two different vacations. So the stand-in OB called me and she was like, "We need to induce you on Thursday, on the day that you are officially 39 weeks." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. I don't want that." I don't want that at all. First of all, I don't want you. I want my OB. Second of all, I don't want to be induced. Third of all, I had a head cold when I came back from games and I was like sniffly and gross. I was like, I don't want to deliver feeling like shit. Like, can I just yeah. have until Monday? Yeah. Can I, like, finish I need out to this breathe. week at work? Like I own a company. Can I just like set myself up at the end of this week and then like have everyone take over on Monday? And she said the magic words to me, which were uh, any day we leave him inside your belly longer than 39 weeks increases the risk of, risk of stillbirth. And I was like, what time do you want me? She needed to, yeah. she needed to pull out the big guns of words for you. I guess so. Yeah, I yeah. can guess mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that happened on Thursday. So I got back from games on Monday, I had that growth ultrasound on Tuesday that showed that he was still small, maybe, and <laughs> went in on Thursday, two days later to be induced. Anyone listening who has gone through an induction, like warriors, I don't know if y'all know this, but like induction is painful and messy and not cool. And they told me could take four days just to get everything going. So like we packed for like two fucking weeks in the hospital. We've got like coolers. Matt's got a case of fit aid. Like I have four outfits a day planned. Like I'm ready for my extended hospital stay. They started out by giving me uh, a drug called miso. Anyone who's listening, who's a healthcare professional is going to hate this, but miso pros. Doll, miso mm-hmm. They call it miso. Everyone's like yelling miso at, the, at the. I know everyone's yelling. Fine. Right we hear you. Speaker. Thank you Sorry. for the answers. Thank you. Yes, everyone's appreciate yelling. It. Appreciate it. Um, Good answer. So they can only give you miso every like four or five hours because it can make your contractions come on really fast and really heavy. But they they spread it out so they expected me to need like four or five doses of this drug over the next day or two. And they like gave me one and it didn't one dose and didn't do anything. So they like gave me one and tried to like put in the Foley balloon and like couldn't even my cervix was like up in Guam still. They like couldn't find anything. So it was just not happening. So they were like, all right, we're going to we're going to give you another dose of miso. 
we'll do another one tomorrow morning. So it was like getting into the nighttime and then we'll try for the balloon. And then hopefully things, you know, your body gets with the program here. Like, all right, cool. I'm settling in for the night. Had a tuna fish sandwich, you know, not, not going to give birth anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> My husband sandwich. got me. He was like, what do you want from the avant pan that's in the hospital? I was like, I want a tuna melt. And he was uh-huh. like, do you want the last thing you eat before you give birth to be tuna fish? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like totally. any type of indigestion. It's fine. I know. I'll just know. taste tuna. <laughs> it's not the smartest move. Oh, but that's it okay. That's not. just what sounded good. Yeah. It just did. I don't know. Um, but so then they gave me the second dose of miso and contractions started to be shitty. So I asked for help and they gave me morphine, which I didn't like the way it made me feel, but it stopped the pain. And then it didn't. And it like didn't last very long. It was like half an hour maybe of the morphine working for me. And then I was like, no, no, no. Like my uterus is on fire. This shit hurts. I want an epidural is what I said. And they were like, okay, cool. You're a good candidate for an early epidural because you're still in like that antenatal care unit, but you're in a lot of pain. It's going to take a while to like get the anesthesiologist and all that shit. So why don't we give you some more meds in the meantime? And I was like, cool, no problem. So they gave me Stadol, which is... um kind of like shorter acting morphine it's more it's more more it's more opioid basically sure mm-hmm. and i lost my goddamn mind that drug sent me to the fucking moon i had an absolute like opioid trip like it, it, i woke up maybe half an hour later not knowing where i was oh dear god no not knowing who I was. Joy, it really took me a minute to like get back into my own brain. And I, and I didn't like it. Like, I mean, I'm did not they the warn kind of you that that was something no. that might, no, not even, I, and I was in pain. So in fairness to them, they of were like, course. we got good drugs. And I of was like, course. give them to me. Yeah, of course. To this day, I am dealing with PTSD from taking those drugs to this day. It took, I had an absolute break with reality. And I just have not experienced and stuff like that. And my body did not react and my brain did not react well. And um, I woke up again, not knowing where I was or who I was, eight centimeters dilated in oh, active labor. That second dose of miso God. worked in 40 minutes. And they, you woke up thought, to that. Uh-huh, oh my God. Uh huh. They thought that shit was going to take two days. So they weren't ready for me. No one was ready for what was about to happen. And I, my contractions came every minute on the minute. And I could only like scream at the top of my lungs. Like, I swear to fucking God, they heard me in the next hospital over. And this is not to scare anyone who's going to have a baby or going yeah, to labor. Yeah, of course. It's just, yeah. I had medically induced contractions that were so painful. I thought I was going to pass out every time they, they happened. And that's just how it happened to me. And the hospital was not ready for me to, you know, go into labor that quickly. And in fairness to them, they had 20 or 30 other COVID moms in labor at the same time. So there was no labor and delivery room for me. So it's a little bit not fair to them that I'm going to say this, but I will never forgive them because they left me in active labor like that for an hour and a half just screaming, just visceral, like an animal. Like Matt said that he watched me bang my head into the side of my hospital gurney because I was just, I could, I don't even remember it. I was just not okay. And eventually they got me into labor and delivery an hour and a half later. And the nurse midwife, the audacity of this bitch (laughs) to look at me and say, I don't think there's time for an epidural. And I was like, oh, I know there's no time for an epidural. I am actively holding this child inside of my body. Oh, you assholes. So that you can give me an epidural. And Mm. I threatened her life. (laughs) I threatened her life. I'm not laughing. I'm just like, oh, dear God, I'm livid for you. And Uh I didn't even live this experience. Uh I know. I was like, I asked for an epidural before I was in labor. When I was fucking not in labor, I asked for this shit. Like, you... And again, it's a little bit not fair of me because they just, they had no rooms and the, it's not like the anesthesiologist can come to the antenatal care unit because they need a sterile environment. Like, I get it. I get it. And I feel for them. But like, it, you guys can't just have a list of women who need epidurals, you know, and someone before me is four centimeters and someone before her is six centimeters. Like, I'm the one, I need it yesterday. So like, move your list around, figure your shit out and, and bring me this, uh, anesthesiologist. So they ended up giving me because I wouldn't take no for an answer. And I like would not put my feet up in the stirrups to deliver, even though I could have. Yeah. 
I would, you know, I was like, it's not, I'll pass out. Like I know myself. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah, I'm at the yeah. top of you. my pain tolerance. Yeah. Good for you. They advocate, gave me that advocate, epidural. advocate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They gave, and Matt had to advocate for me too, by the way, shout out to my husband for yelling at the nurse midwife because he also works in healthcare. So he knows that it's a little bit like, I know you don't want to stand up to the anesthesiologist, but you have to, like, this is also like a personnel thing. So like, don't be a pussy, like just go get my wife this epidural. And they gave it to me through two contractions, which was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> because I'm like, here I am like writhing in pain. And Matt's like whispering in my ear. He's like, if you want this, you have to show them you can stay still. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Nikki. Yeah. So I don't even know what it feels like. Everyone's like, did it hurt? And I'm like, I don't know. My <laughs> pelvis was ripping in two. So I have no idea. Probably not. Did it hurt? You're like, well... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, was, no I, I was out of my body at this point, so I'm not yeah, real sure. Yeah. And then I took a nap. <laughs> for like over and an now hour. it's time for Nikki's story time. Uh-huh. Then she I did. fell asleep. They gave me the epidural and I fell asleep and it was nuts. I was like, I've been... I've been on the verge of jumping off a cliff for almost two hours. The drugs are magical. I, everyone get one. Get two. It's yeah, amazing. why are we fighting it? Why are we fighting that, guys? I don't know. I don't know. It's wild. I'm kidding. Everyone wild. has their own choices, but yeah. No, of course, of course. And women are warriors either way. And if yeah. you do this, this naturally, like all the more power yeah. to you. And yes. you know, if I had if I had just gone into labor, if they had just let me and not induced me, it might not have gone this way because medically induced uh, contractions might have been, I don't know. I don't know what they feel like otherwise, but for me, it could have been a thousand times worse. So who knows if I would have gotten there naturally and been like, no, I think I can do this. You know, I have no clue, but I couldn't do it otherwise. And when I woke up, woke up feeling like I needed to poop because you know, that's what they say. You'll feel a lot of pressure. You won't feel pain, but you'll feel pressure. And it was just me, Matt and a nurse in the room. And I was like, all right, I think it's time. Like, I think I, you know, and she was like, all right, let's do like a practice push and just see. I'm like, she's not taking me seriously. <laughs> so she holds a leg and Matt holds a leg and she looks and she's like, oh, look at that little, look at that, all that brown hair. Oh, there's a baby, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's crowning. And she was like, what's it like if you push? And I was like, mm, I don't know. It's like this. And she was like, stop pushing. <laughs> I have to go get the doctor. Okay. Time out. <laughs> Yeah. So they got oh the OB in. And um, it's funny, Matt likes to tell this story. He like saw, obviously he saw the baby crowning and he was like, Nikki, he has brown hair. And I, you know, from the other end of the bed, I was just like, fuck, because I really wanted a ginger. Yeah. Because your husband has like the <laughs> reddest like, hair on earth. Red hair. Yeah. So I let myself be mad about that for 10 seconds. And then I was like, all right, let's do this. And um, I pushed, I pushed four times. I pushed for 90 seconds. And he was just in the world. Mm -hmm. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. And he was five, eight. So he was small. But um, when I, when I pushed the placenta out afterwards, which like, I didn't know that it just kind of like did its own thing. Like when the doctor said, can you just push one more time? And I was like, yeah, sure. I pushed the way I pushed the baby out. And that placenta like hit him in the chest, basically. (laughs) catching a football whoa (laughs) literally um and he said that like it was yeah i had a small baby but he had a small placenta it would just he just was a small baby it just is you know he grew himself a small house so to speak Mm -hmm. he was appropriate sized for it so what they Uh, said before you had hunter is that he could just be small mm -hmm. or he could not be small Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really or, anything. Or to there worry. was an issue. Or yeah, there, there was yeah. no there was no need to worry. And had sure. he had they left him inside me, the pediatrician said the, the the next week, and I wanted to throw knives at something. Had he left him in my belly for a little longer, he would have been a little bit bigger. And I was like, don't even. Um, little bit, little bit of anger. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm. Yeah. S- this is part of my therapy. Well, letting go. Yes, and I think there's so much to be said for women's intuition, mothers' intu- intuition, where you're like, I know my body, and advocating mm-hmm. for yourself, and also trusting your doctors. Look, I'm not saying don't trust your doctors. I'm not saying that at all. But I think also no. considering that you know your body and that you feel like that, just that gut intuition about what totally is going on. Totally. And there's, there's probably docs and, and OBs listening to this who are yelling into their speakers being like, that is the proper course. You know, if there is a chance that anything could have been wrong, it was very, excuse me, very important for us to 
induce you and make sure because the risks do not outweigh the rewards of leaving that baby in in a uterus or sure. in a womb rather you know when when there could be a risk and i fully appreciate that it just was a it was just a clusterfuck it was just a mess the way that it all happened and i to this day i'm just pissed i just wanted to go into labor wanted to see what my body would do yeah to i think a lot me, of women you know? can relate to that i yeah. i mean a lot of women can relate to that and i think there's you know what you said doctors are trying to do no harm that is the oath of medicine is to do no harm so i completely respect that and i think there's just so much wrapped into women and wanting to have control over this process too because it's such a big 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 thing in your life to experience and so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of women can relate to that. I've just kind of like, oh my gosh, this was so traumatic for me. And I, I wanted this to be something that was like, I wanted to see what my body could do. Yeah. I follow this really great account. I can't remember it right now, but I'll send it to you after. And it's like, it, it focuses on traumatic birth. And when I found it on Instagram, I was like, thank you. Because so many, you don't hear about that. You hear about like wonderful, beautiful birth stories. And like, mine is that too. Like he's wonderful and beautiful and they put him on my chest for golden hour and it was magical and it was great. But like, you know, traumatic birth like is a thing. It is a thing that we need treatment for. It is a thing we have PTSD from. Is It is a thing that like needs to be recognized and it's not often spoken about. So that I'll send it to you because it was the way that it it yeah. kind of just like hit home was really was really wonderful. Yeah, it made me feel not alone. There you know? feels yeah, there feels like. Would you agree? Because I have not birthed a child. Is comparison in how you birth a child? <laughs> There's totally. a right or wrong oh my way. God. You know, and, yeah. and I know I just remember that from a lot of my friends being pregnant. Of like, well, I'm going to have my child this way, or I'm going to I'm going to try to have my child that way, and. It's like, well, yeah, everyone gets to make their own decision, but there oh, yeah. seems to be a lot of comparison about how you end up birthing this child of what's the most, yeah. you know, are you having a water birth? Are you having a home birth? Are you having a hospital birth? Like, what is the right way? And I don't think there is oh, one totally. or comparison. No. There's not like this purity thing of what is right, what is wrong. No, there's also this like this terrible connotation that like if you ended up needing a C-section that you failed ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. And I feel for people who, and I didn't have a C-section, so I can't speak uh, empathetically for that, but I feel for people who, who obviously need to need to hear that. They need to hear like, oh, I didn't fail because that's some sort of intrinsic feeling they have. And like, they didn't come up with that shit. Like that's like society or that's like outward pressure or that's like something that made them feel like that. So that's, you know, also ridiculous. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you're in the hospital how are you doing when you're coming home? What is going on as far as the emotional piece and postpartum? Because I know that a lot of women struggle with that. And I've heard a lot of women talk about like, yeah, I mean, you're in postpartum the rest of your life. You think about it. It's not just like, oh, just a few months after you have this baby. I think that women need to talk more about just the experience of however long that looks for them and talk about what your experience has been like so far. Yeah. So our hospital stay was great. Um, He was doing great. I was doing great. Breastfeeding was going well. Like I really lucked out. I had like easy, he was an easy latcher, like all that good stuff. Matt figured out the little like side dad chair thing actually folds down into a bed. We needed help from the nurses, but we figured it out because all of our friends were like, that dad chair doesn't even turn into a bed. And we were like, no fucking way. We're going to be here for like two or three days. There's no way. So we figured it out. We did a good job. They got us out early too. Um, and with COVID, I will say they don't allow visitors in the hospital, and it was magical. <laughs> I You're loved like, I it. Love being alone. Leave <gasps> us alone. <laughs> because you have so much shit to figure out, and like yeah. already every single so member of my family is like, "When can we come?" And I'm like, "Hey, you can't. Sorry, not sorry." <laughs> And apologies yeah. to all of my friends where I showed up in the hospital when y'all just had your babies, and I was like, "I'm coming." That was stupid. I take well, it all back. <laughs> you just have to understand that there's probably many of them that don't remember you being there. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's appropriate. Totally. Because it's a whirlwind. It is. Such a whirlwind. You're not yeah. even, your brain has just been scrambled eggs. Yeah. 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 And it's good. It's good. You have time to connect with the baby. You have time to connect with your partner. The only, and this is the last time I'll shit on this OB. 
she was on call. The stand-in was on call at the hospital when I delivered, right? My regular OB is still on vacation at this point. And we were cleared to go home early. We were only in the hospital for a day and a half after he was born. Because I was up, I showered, I peed, I pooped, like no problems anywhere. I had super minor, barely no tearing, like everything was good and he was good. And the pediatrician came in and cleared him too. He's just a small baby, no big deal. And she came in to check on me right before we were leaving. And she was like, I really think you guys should stay another day because he's really small. And I'm surprised the pediatrician's not worried. And like, you guys should definitely be here because blah, blah, blah. He's tiny. And I was like, listen, bitch, why do you want me to have a 10 pound baby? Like you have one job to do. And it's to like basically make sure that my vagina is okay. So like if the pediatrician cleared this kid and we're doing well, like, do not make me stay another night in the hospital. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you want me to have a 10-pound baby? What the fuck? Like, you know, in the 60s and 70s before processed foods hit the market, like, we were, like, definitely all having five and six-pound babies and oh, things were fine. Yeah. So, like, just, Teeny tinies. You know, yeah, teeny tinies. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Anyway. <laughs> She's anyway. shitless. Yeah. She was completely... Uh, I don't never seeing her again. But anyway, so we went home and then, um, you know, things were good uh, until they weren't. And and things turned not good very quickly within a day. Within a day, I was just riddled with panic attacks. My postpartum anxiety kicked in instantly when we were out of the hospital. And it was um, super obvious that I wasn't myself. And I called my OB's office right away, like three days after we got home, I called them, you know, cause you kind of like, you feel it at first and you're like, oh, whatever. I'm just, I'm home with a new baby. Like, you know, I'm worried about him. I'm worried about me. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how to sleep at night yet. Like normal. Yeah. So for listeners who may maybe have gone through this or who are thinking of having a baby or maybe soon having a baby, what was the experience like for you when you say that it kicked in? What were you experiencing? What were those symptoms for you? So for me, because I had postpartum anxiety, I didn't have, I didn't have like any depression linked into it. For me, I was having panic attacks and it was mainly at night. So I would start to doze off. And the moment that I kind of like dozed or I could feel my brain kind of like slipping away from consciousness, I was instantly awoken again. And I was halfway into an absolute panic attack, like halfway into the spiral down of, of, I, I, you know, I I felt like I need to get out of this room. I need to stand up. I need to get out of this house. I spent many, many nights walking around my block at 2am and then at three. And then again at four, I mean, there were nights I was waking up every hour on the hour, just sheer panic. And for me, it was very generalized. I wasn't like, oh my God, is my baby breathing? Because that also happens to people. Um, And I wish that I was, because I feel like I could logic myself back from that. Like, Oh, look, he's breathing. He's got the outlet on, which is like this little sock that tells you how much their oxygen rate and what their heart rate is. You know, he's got the outlet on and, and I can see him breathing and he's right next to me in the bassinet and like all this. But it wasn't like that. It was just visceral, like in the pit of my stomach. I'm sweating. My heart rate's up. Just panic attack about nothing and about everything. And and I, and I couldn't sleep. And I ended up that manifested into being afraid of falling asleep because I didn't want to feel like that. So I was afraid of shutting my eyes and laying down because I didn't want to feel what I felt the moment I was ripped out of sleep into this panic attack. And all of this is super common. Like all of this is just like your hormones being way out of whack and triggering these kind of like visceral primal reactions. And, you know, I was talking to Matt about this. Matt is very much like, um, He's done a lot of research into like the the primal human and like why we are how we are based on how we've evolved. It's just like his jam. And he's like, it kind of makes sense. It's super shitty for you, but it kind of makes sense that like as a new mother, your hormones would force your body to react in a way that doesn't allow you to fall asleep because what if there's a predator out there that wants your baby or what if you're not safe or what if your baby cries, you want to be awake to hear it. Like it's shitty, but it's kind of evolution. Right. And it's kind of just the way that you're dealing with this huge, the biggest hormonal shift that you'll ever have in your life. 40 weeks of building up delicious, wonderful feeling chemicals in your brain and your body. And they're just gone. 
They're just gone. And that crash is, is, hor- is horrific. And no one talks about it either. It wasn't until after I gave birth that I heard even about the quote unquote baby blues. Yeah. That like, it's like a two week period that quote unquote, your hormones crash and maybe regulate two weeks. Mm. Bullshit. Yeah. Two weeks, my ass. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? The baby blues. Yeah. We, we even need cute. to get rid of that. Yeah. So cute. cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's, you know, when I, when I was pregnant, I remember thinking about postpartum, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression as this like thing. It's like this one thing and watch out for the thing. And if you get the thing, treat the thing and then you'll be good. And I was like, I got it. I know it. I, you know, it, it was like, the, it's like the clap. Yeah. You're like, I'm you know, ready. Like, I'm prepared. I know. And if I get it, I'll treat it. I'll get the one med or I'll get the the one therapist or whatever. I'll just get the one thing and I'll treat it with the other thing and then I'll be good. And it's, it's not that it's this huge spectrum, this wide gray area of like, how do you feel? And when, when do you feel it? And it's up and down all day. And it's not, you're not you you are someone else. You do not feel like yourself, which is a scary thing in and of itself. And I was having flashbacks to being on that state all that was making me entirely panicked in a completely different way. I mean, I remember looking like I would like wash my hands in the bathroom and I'd look down at my hands and I'd be like, huh, is that, are those my hands? It was so weird. Like, like out of body break with reality. Just, yeah, yes. Totally completely. break with reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely. And I just, you know, the, the one thing that healed me, well, I mean, a lot of things healed me, including therapy, but the, the biggest thing that helped me in that period of time was talking to other new mothers and hearing that every single person that I know who's had a child has gone through this in one way, shape or form. Every single, not a single person was like, oh, really? I never had that. Yeah. I just bounced right back. <laughs> no I was one. just good. Yeah, yeah. No one. Yeah. I was just fine. No, they all said that like it gets better and you do forget. And that's why you end up having more kids because it, you know, it took me five weeks to feel normal again. And in the greater scheme of my life, that will be a drop in the bucket. So I understand when people are like, I promise it gets better. I promise it goes away. You'll have more kids, whatever. But when you're in it, it's like a fucking tunnel. Like you can't see anything around you. You can't see. And I was, I was desperate. I threw everything at the problem. I got a postpartum therapist. I started acupuncture. I took, uh, changed up my supplements to try and regulate my hormones better. I changed my probiotic, added magnesium, like all this stuff. I journal, I do like a mindfulness journal twice a day now. And I just, I was like, I will do anything to feel normal again. And I considered medication too. I called the behavioral health unit at the hospital and I was like, someone fucking help me, please. And they were like, we have two options for you. We have a program you can check yourself into. (laughs) Just like for two weeks, you're like half days at the hospital. And I was like, well, I can't do that. I have a new baby at home. That's bullshit. And they were like, or we could schedule you a med eval. I was like, well, okay. Like I'm breastfeeding. I don't really want to get on meds. I will if you tell me I need them. But also like, those are my options. Meds or check yourself in. Like you got nothing else for me. And they didn't even schedule my med appointment until a month out. I was like, that's I need unbelievable. help now. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I I it's- truly, and I'll link this in our show notes because there is a, a national postpartum support resource yes. that's amazing. Yes. And I often give this to new mothers, even not new mothers, as far as getting support. I, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. Therapists are great. I'm a therapist. I think we're great. But nothing replaces, especially for mothers, nothing replaces peer support. Nothing. Totally. You, you totally. cannot get your friends who don't have children. I, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't have kids. I can't be like, yeah, I'm going to support you the way a new mom could. I just know that. So it's like you have to find peer support group, mothers who understand what you're going through. And therapy mm-hmm. is great. And therapy is a great supplement. But I don't think I, I even think a therapist who is a mother can do that at the same time. I think there just has to be like this pure peer relationship support group. And so I do know that the postpartum, uh, the international, I think it's international, there's a postpartum website I will post in the show notes. And that does offer online support groups. Because I also know as a new mother and in COVID times, you can't leave the house easily. So this is a great resource. But yeah, so how did you find your support group? 
it was two, twofold. I joined a new mom's group um, and we meet once a week and we still meet. So I think next week is my last one. So it's like nine weeks or eight weeks total. And that did force me out of the house with him. And it did force me to like learn how to do the car seat on my own and, you know, feel comfortable driving with him and all that stuff. That stuff that like my mother never, she didn't drive with me for months and months and months. She was too scared. And I get it. I totally understand. So that forced me out. Um, out of the house. And then I'm lucky enough to have right now in my life, a lot of friends who are pregnant and new moms at the same time. So it was just people coming over and we would only let them come one by one. And because I wasn't doing well, there was a long period of time where like maybe family didn't come, you know, people who would have shown up on day one. I was like, I'm sorry. Can you come next Tuesday? Because I just wasn't okay all day and all night. I just wasn't all right. Um, And so I was, you know, we were limiting visitors to like one by one and just kind of going by how I felt. And eventually having those new moms come over and just commiserate with me or just tell me that they've been through it and that it went away or just let me cry, um, that healed me. That really was like, oh, thank God I'm not crazy or thank God I'm not alone or thank God, you know. And even in my head, when they were like, I promise it goes away, I was like, what if it doesn't for me? You know, and that's anxiety through and through. That's like being- 100%. Yeah. Being anxious about being anxious is like, it's a vicious cycle. Like, what if I'm the exception? Yeah. That's very much a thing where it's like, what if it doesn't for me? I know it for you, but what if it doesn't for me? Exactly. So what would you say to new moms- about when you're in that like because when you're in that space I know it's hard to ask for help or just even feel like you want people around you but maybe that is what you need even if you don't feel like it how did you work through that well I you know what's interesting for me is like the the worse I felt the more desperate I was like like reaching out I was like grasping at anything I was googling things I was reading things I was you know and if if you don't feel yet like you can have people around or like you feel comfortable talking to a therapist or a group, maybe read some testimonials, maybe read some blogs, maybe read some Instagram posts or accounts from other new moms who can say what I'm saying because because it does get better and, and you do get through it. And even if you don't believe me, like I didn't believe so many other people, you will be me in a few weeks and you will say it to someone else. And that's where I'm at right now. Like the fact that I'm saying it out loud almost feels like an out of body experience because I was like, y'all were bullshit. I didn't believe anything you guys said. Uh, And now I'm turning around and I have other friends who are postpartum who are dealing with it. And I'm like, I promise it'll get better. And I'm like, I'm one of those people now. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And the resources that I'll post uh, are really helpful. I also just shared one with you because some of our listeners created this new business called the fourth trimester foundations and it's by two rns it's wonderful from what i can see you know just all the posts that they have and i know they have classes and they cover everything postpartum so that's another one that i'll post as well yeah and i think like finding those resources are huge because i was so mad at the hospital for giving me those two options i'm like i either into a fucking program or you put me on medication like give me something else. Yeah, I was like, don't you guys feel... have a list of therapists or something else right. I can do? And they right. were like, no, not really. So everything I found, I found on my own. And you and I was hyper motivated. But if you have any sort of depression associated with your postpartum anxiety, like you might not be motivated to do much of anything. So that's why like one or two resources that have a lot going on you know, look at those, just pick one. Cause mm-hmm. there's a million different pieces of information out there. And that's a whole nother can of worms. I could get pissed about you look up 10 breastfeeding websites. They will give you 10 different like approaches. And I'm like, can someone just tell me what to do? Please? Yes. I need, I need the answer. I know you recently posted about breast pumps. Did you find one? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I found one. And, and when I asked for advice, I got f- the most mixed reviews and it's just, it all comes down to like, your body, your nipple size, your whatever. Like there's not an answer. You just have to test it. But it's it sucks when you're like out there spending your money and your time and your energy. You just want the thing that works. And and I think we're just all so different. So different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you are six. Wait, how much? God, where are we at? Nine nine weeks today. I was like six weeks, nine weeks today. Oh, my gosh. 
Crazy. It's wild. Where are you at like in your head with all of this right now? I feel amazing. And I'm so grateful because those first five weeks were just an absolute shit show of being sleep deprived, being anxious, being scared, being new, just not knowing. I didn't know how to change a diaper. I'd never changed a diaper, you know, and why would I? I never had kids. I didn't like kids. We've been over this. So you're like, was, don't you remember? Was, I wanted nothing to do with children. Yeah. Remember? I like th- I thought I was going to wear like gloves when I changed diapers. That's what I told myself. <laughs> That's what I told. And my mom was like, you'll pick up your dog's shit, but you think you're going to wear gloves? And I was like, yeah, baby poop is gross. No, it's not gross. Once you have a kid, nothing's um, gross anymore. No. So just, nothing's you, gross anymore. And you will pull your nipples out anywhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You get poop everywhere. You get poop in it's your fine. hair. It's fine. Yay, yeah. It's yeah, fine. yeah. It doesn't smell yet. So it's really not that gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel awesome now. Thank goodness. And uh, it took a while and I'm really like a big advocate of like saying how you feel and being real about it because this is not to scare anyone. And there are plenty of women who go through this who don't feel like shit for any amount of time. And that's totally fine. But there are plenty of women who get on antidepressants because they feel like such shit. And that's also fine. So just like being open about it and more open about it. And I wish I had heard this before I went into it because I maybe wouldn't have spent a period of time thinking I was nuts. I maybe would have gone straight to like, oh, this is the thing that, you know, that I know could happen and that's okay. And it'll go away. That would be ideal. Um, so, so now I'm good and I'm, you know, sleeping. I mean, he slept for seven hours last night. <gasps> Let's raise the fucking room. Oh my gosh. And what sleep does to you and your mental yeah. space. Mm-hmm. I'm just feeling really good. Yeah, so sleep is restorative. Sleep, sure. It really is. You know, it's crazy how that happens that we need it. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and eating, too. I wasn't eating when I wasn't sleeping. So that was, yeah, it was shitty. Yeah. Super so shitty. you're nine weeks with a new baby. How are you feeling about, like, your, your business, your work? Like, what do you want to do next with all of that? I mean, because now, obviously, your schedule's different. Like, what do you, how are you conceptualizing next steps if you are? Yeah, I go back to work in like three weeks. You know, it's funny. Um, everything that everyone told me about having a kid before I had a kid was true. Everything. I was wrong about 100% of things. Like what? Well, like everyone was like, was like, you know, you just wait, just wait until he's here and you're not going to want to go back to work and you're going to want to spend all your time with him right. and you'll just sit there and watch him breathing and like all oh, did, this shit. Did you think that you were going to like get antsy about going back to work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I have 12 weeks of leave and I was like, I might want to go back at eight. Maybe I'll just do some, check some email, read Slack or whatever. And I, in fairness, I have read every Slack message that's come through, but I own this company. So like I'm yeah, I have a vested interest in just kind of like wondering what's sure, happening. Sure. You don't have anyone um, breathing down your neck. You're like, I am the person. Yeah. Yeah, literally. And I was like, I just kind of want to know what, you know, what new businesses come in, whatever. But I, I don't respond to things and I don't need to deal with problems. So, yeah, I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> You're like, I just really want to be with this baby. I yeah. just want to stay home and chill with him and mm-hmm. figure it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was like, Oh, you don't even know love. Like you won't even give a shit about your dogs when the baby. And I'm like, come on, that's that's bullshit. It, and it is because I still love my dogs fully, a thousand percent. Because my dogs are my first babies. Well, your dogs are pretty cute too. Thank you. But I will <laughs> say, like, I worry about them differently because of before, course. yeah, I worried about my dogs like they were my newborn. So I was like, oh my god, do you think are they too hot? Are they? too cold is he comes to the bed soft enough like i don't know is there is there, is there an eyelash in his eye like I'm, i don't know i'm like and i would panic and i like drop them off for daycare and be like are they gonna have a good day like i don't know like now that kind of panic is reserved for my infant and i just don't have the bandwidth to be worried about everyone all the time exactly the same way so i'm a little bit more chill like oh yeah they're dogs and they'll be fine <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's a balance that happens. Now I have a human that relies solely on me for survival. So I'm going to go ahead and just, the dogs are totally good. (laughs) They're totally fine. They're happy. They're safe. They're, you know, they love going on walks and we go on family walks all the time. And before I'd be like, I don't know, are their pads okay when we walk on this concrete? And like, yeah, (laughs) yes, they're fine. They're fine because they're dogs. You're such a good dog mom, man. I don't worry about my dogs like that. (laughs) 
I was crazy. I was because they were my first babies. Now I have a baby. Um, and and yeah, even like the poop stuff. And now everyone yeah. was like, you're not going to give a fuck. You're going to like pick out boogers with your fingers. And I was like, ew. <laughs> no. Little do you know the grossest oh, things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I'm sure I have his boogers under my nails right now. Like, I, don't <laughs> I don't care. And you're like, I'm going to go have a sandwich. That's what I'm going to do. Well, and that's the other thing. Uh, People like just, you know, whenever you can get a shower or a sandwich in, you'll feel blessed. And I'm like, wait. Before I was like, I'm going to shower. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, but when is when the last do- time I showered? I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So know. all those things are true. It's all real. It's, it's all, all real. real. And everyone Listen to those moms. Kids, yeah. Yeah. Everyone who has kids who's listening feels so vindicated right now. because They were like, we fucking told you. Like you did. Yeah. I was wrong. Like, I'll be we, vulnerable in admitting that. We 100%. have children and we know Nikki listen to us. Yeah. That's funny. I, I was like, not me. Yeah. I'm not going to be like that. I'm still me. You're going to be a cool mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm not a regular I'm mom. Yeah, I'm I a am, cool I'm, mom. I'm in a shower. A, no, no, I'm a very regular mom. I'm going to go back to work at eight weeks. Mm, yeah. Nope. nope. That's so funny. I am back to working out, though. Are you? How's that feeling? Mm. How's that feeling? And what do you have to say around just the expectations of hashtag get your body back? And I'm saying that with like the biggest tongue in cheek face. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Ew gross that was you know that was part of why i didn't want to get pregnant was because i didn't want to yeah work really hard oh for yeah, my body. yeah yeah for sure yeah. you were like i don't yeah. want to mess up my body yeah no i was like i like my organs <laughs> where they are i have a really hard time genetically just not being overweight like it just runs in my genes and very insulin resistant body type and i gotta be real careful about what i eat and how i work out and that's tough for me to lose that and it has been so freeing for nine weeks, I have not given a fuck. I thought I was going to be so worried. I thought I was going to be so uncomfortable in my own skin. I thought like all this shit. I'm like, you know, I put something on. If it doesn't fit the way it fit before, like there's a little bit of just discomfort there that we all deal with. And that just kind of is what it is. But for the most part, you know, because I'm breastfeeding, I'm hungry all the time. And I eat like a 14 year old boy who's just smoked weed for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my pizza, pop tarts, cereal, bring it on. It's been um it's been it's been kind of freeing in that respect. Though I I will say that um I am starting next week. I'll start like looking at my diet and looking at my macros again. And I I hired a coach through RP who has a specific um specialty, specific specialty, whatever. She's a specialist in breastfeeding because um I want to maintain my supply, maybe even increase my supply, but I am certainly not giving the baby the nutrients he needs through my Pop Tarts and cereal and pizza and you know, all that good stuff. So I have goals. I have goals. I have goals to get back to where I was physically and lift the same weights that I did. I have goals to get back to where I was aesthetically because I want all my entire wardrobe of beautiful, wonderful clothes to fit the way that I like them to fit. Um, But I'm going to do it responsibly with help. And I'm not going to uh, get bent out of shape if I'm not perfect either mindfully and with love for yourself yeah yeah i've done and i know that you've had i know your uh experience with counting macros has been pretty devastating in the past so that's you know it's a it's a difficult subject for people you got to find something that works for you for me i've done it with rp like three times in the past and um and it's always worked really well for me because i kind of just do it monday through friday But I do it. I do it in a way that works with my life. I do it in a way where I can meal prep and pack my meals for the week, and it makes it easy, and I'm never hungry. And then on the weekends when I want to get blackout drunk and eat an entire pizza, I do that too. So yeah, yeah, it's fine. And you know, Claire and I always talk about this. It's just everyone is so different. Everyone is so different. And as long as you're doing something that makes you feel good, happy, and whole, great, do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I asked for a coach this time because I've done like their templates, I've done their app, I've done whatever, but I asked for a coach because I was like, this is really, this is serious. Like my breast milk supply is serious and I want a professional and I want someone who knows what they're doing, who I can pick their brain and ask questions to and text and be like, hey, is this, mm-hmm. I only got four ounces and not five. Like what is happening here? Right. You know, and, and really stay on top of it and make changes accordingly. But, yeah. you know, mainly it's, it's to to try and get back to my goals in an appropriate amount of time while 
while doing what's still most important, which is feeding my baby. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I cannot believe that we made it through this second half, which is like, we you know, it. we did it. I'm so happy for you and your family. I'm you. just very impressed with how much you, you, I feel like you're someone who just always advocates for yourself anyway, but I think it feels good to have that just be out there for women to advocate for themselves, period that we're not bitchy if we ask for what we want. We're not being pushy if we advocate for something that we know is is right for our bodies. So I think that that's something that we all could learn from. But I think that it'll be exciting to kind of see like next phases. Like the, the chapters aren't over. This episode is just a part two because we didn't get to you actually having Hunter. But yeah, so pre-baby Nikki and now Nikki, what do you what do you think about when you think about the, the Nikki that was like, no, I don't want kids? I just think it was really appropriate for where I was in life. That's yeah. all. You know, we were in the, when we were in the hospital on the very first day, Matt was holding him skin to skin and looked over at me and he was like, we should have done this 10 years ago. And I thought that was really sweet of him to say, but I was like, fuck no, we shouldn't have. I wasn't ready. You weren't yeah. ready. Like we yeah. lived our life. We traveled. We did whatever the fuck we wanted to do. And we'll do all that shit again too. Like we're not suddenly hermits, but I just, it was appropriate for me back then. I mean, knowing what I know now, would I have done it sooner? Absolutely, because it's fucking rad, but it wasn't for me then. And I think we said this in part one, the worst thing you can do if you don't want a baby is have a baby. Right. You don't want it. <laughs> and you don't feel like it's for you. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do that shit. Um, but yeah, yeah. Knowing Knowing what I know now, I just think I'm of course, I would have done it sooner because I love it. But it's mm-hmm. also like, no, I'm glad I didn't because I wasn't ready. Yeah, there's no regrets. It's one of those things where you you can look back and be like, well, maybe we should have done it sooner. But you're like, but we weren't it, we weren't in the space yeah. that we are now. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, all right. Well, you're still doing the podcast. You're still running your business. You'll be, you know, eventually ramping that back up. How are you? Yeah. How are you uh, still doing the podcast with all this? <laughs> You still find in time to, yeah. Yeah, fine. Like I said, sometimes I just like tilt the screen up if I need to nurse. Yeah. (laughs) Don't put my nipples on the screen. And John doesn't give a shit. He's such a Well, because you guys are on YouTube. So you actually have like people watching. Yeah, I actually have to do that. Yeah. (laughs) To be careful around those things. But uh, no, he's great. um, And was such a great support system too when I was dealing with all the postpartum stuff. So I'm happy to be doing that. Yeah. He's so great. All right. Well, it was lovely speaking to you again. And listeners, uh, if you didn't hear the first round, again, go back to listen to part one. You can find Nikki at Reporter Nicole on Instagram and listen to their podcast. It's Kettlebells and Cocktails now. Kettlebells yeah, and Cocktails. Yeah, rebrand. Rebrand in the house. And then what's your business? If Or what's your business name if people want to like hire you for stuff <laughs> yeah yeah. it's called it's called fire team we're a digital ad agency um and in the in the post covid or mid covid i guess i should say uh e-commerce world it's been quite successful so you know we do like all sorts of marketing and branding and digital focus things and it is it's not active but we do look at it it's at hire fire team on instagram and twitter well, thank you, Nikki. It was so fun talking to you. And um, maybe we need to do another episode and just talk about your Vegas stories because let's relive those. <laughs> please. Yes, please. I'm so down for that. All right, listeners, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.